I got done with work and practice and just said, you know what? I haven't seen this. This is, uh, this is on my, this is on my list of shows to watch. And you know what? I was going to sit down, watch it and did. I was great show. Kelsey's our America's sweethearts right now. They're, they're the darlings of the NFL. We're going to get into that here, but America's family. We're America's family. Truly. They are. Jason Kelsey just is like you're you what what you think of offensive linemen, that is him. Yeah, you, you know, I I was thinking about this today. If Jason Kelsey wasn't an offensive lineman, something tells me he'd be like a plumber. He would be. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, he's always in the game. Or or a rancher. Or a rancher. All right. He's trying to be that. He is trying to be that. Yeah. That and he's got some got his hands in some real estate. It sounds like as well. He's got he's got a pretty good podcast going on, and uh, we have reached episode ninety seven of the three guys talking about podcast. We've reached the Aiden Hutchinson, Brad Ambrosius, Everson Griffin edition of the podcast. Grant's I knew shaking you. His head. I knew you were going to say Aiden Hutchinson, which it's a shame. It's if you're going to pick a ninety seven, you've got to pick the best ninety seven in the NFL, Nick Bosa. No, nope. put, put your rivalry him. aside. He is three times the player that anyone else is in this league, minus Micah Parsons. Has he but, ever been? Has he ever had a holdout or whatever versus cops on Lake Minnetonka? I don't think so. That he hasn't. No, I, I can't give him that. <laughs> well, neither neither has Brad Ambrosius, former Bison great, as well. But Everson and, has. Uh, Everson has. Everson has. But Everson, Everson has. has. <laughs> That was uh that was about the uh, five year five year anniversary of that happening, was it not? It was right around this time, no, I believe. Yeah. I thought I'm it was not, colder, I'm, but maybe I'm not. Because sure. it was it was it was right before it was right before the Buffalo Bills game, and the Bills just oh. absolutely stomped the Vikings. It was Cousins' first year, and everybody was like, "The Bills, they were supposed to be the worst team in the league that year," and all of a sudden they roll into U.S. Bank Stadium and just annihilate the the Vikings. What I remember about that is this. It's, I think Romo and Nance did that game. And last yep. year after the two shellackings the Vikings got when they did those games, Romo and Nance look at each other and they're like, maybe we should just stop doing Vikings games because it just <laughs> – it doesn't end well whenever they're – That's right. They did do the Cowboys-Vikings game last year. You're right. And then the Packers game on New Year's Day. That's right. Yep. So maybe they just no, stop was, doing Vikings that... games. Maybe. Granted, who knows? Maybe maybe that luck turns around, granted, because it's not like they could have played much worse than they have to start the year. That is true. But, but yeah, so we've got we've got a loaded show. Uh and we've got to start by, you know, we've we've got two two different societies, cultures, two different cults in a sense, groups of people colliding and that is the Swifties and NFL fans. And now it's more so turned into a bit, but right away, this was a very, this was actually a very serious thing of these Swifties were very upset. They were questioning whether Travis Kelsey was good enough to date Taylor Swift. And you know, the better question here is, is Taylor Swift good enough to date Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey is going to go down as the great, the greatest tight end of all time. Is Taylor Swift going to go down as the greatest musician of all time? I don't think so. There are way too many people ahead of her. Now, 
I'm not going to knock it. I enjoy some Taylor Swift music from time to time. And since all these rumors and her showing up at the game, have I listened to a lot of Taylor Swift music? Yes. That makes two of us. (laughs) 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 Now, I will not. That's okay. Okay. Well, so now Ethan is the only non-single guy here. So, and Grant, you've got two sisters. I have a sister. So, Ethan, if you had to rate Hannah's level of of swiftiness, what would you, on a scale of one to ten, what would her um, what would her Swift fandom be? Maybe a two. Maybe a two. Okay. She's more of a Morgan guy. Okay. Okay. Also, very popular on TikTok right now is him walking out to Broadway girls as he's uh, getting ready to take the stage. So I've listened to I've listened to Taylor Swift and Broadway girls pretty much on repeat the last since Sunday. Well, that makes and, sense, and because of course Taylor was at the game on Sunday and Morgan announced his uh, was it one night at a time tour where he will be in Minneapolis this summer and then also. Apparently, Kansas City is just the darling of America right now because he's going to Arrowhead in August. Okay, there it is. But now, Grant, what is your uh, what is your your sisters? They went to the Taylor Swift concert. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever seen her in concert. I saw her when I was about 14. She came to the state fair in North Dakota and uh, my cousin Logan and I, we went went to it. And she well, that would have been like. Well, that's weird to think. I was going into my freshman year of high school. That was like 15 years ago. That's that's kind of crazy to think. You're dating yourself there, bud. I'm really dating myself. This was before I I wasn't able to drive a vehicle yet. Was when I saw her. She Taylor was still in her was either 18 or 19. Great concert, but I have not I have not gone back to see see her since. But Grant, what Mm -hmm. what what level of uh, swiftiness are your sisters? So from from one to adult diapers. So they're not an adult diaper level, um, but they are. I've seen they've seen they've seen Taylor twice in concert. One was at the Fargo Dome when I think she was doing her 1989 tour in 2015. And then this past summer at U.S. Bank Stadium, um, you know, they're fans. They're not the crazy lunatic fans who don't think Travis is good enough for. Her, but. Miranda is such a Swifty fan. She said she was requesting this be a um, a segment on the podcast tonight because it's such a big deal. And <laughs> down there living in Oklahoma, she was bummed out that they showed the Cowboys Cardinals game on Fox instead of the Chiefs Bears game because she wanted to yeah, see I Taylor. Yeah, I would be too. So um, they're not adult diapers, but they've seen her twice. And they did put in for to try to get tickets when she was back in the States on this era tour. Um, but they did not qualify, so I, I'd give them like like an eight, maybe. Like the, they're they're up there, but they're not they're not crazy. But uh, you can guarantee that any opportunity they get to go to to Taylor Swift concert or anything Taylor Swift, they're going to be there. Okay, fair enough. And Ethan, my sister is similar similar to Hannah, where I asked her what her level of swiftiness is, and she said she's about three. So it, okay. and. Uh, she she said she would like to go see her in concert, but she said her her voice is a little bit too girly for her. So yes, and and Grant, from what your 
you know, your your sister's disappointment was my excitement because they had the Chiefs Bears game on in on correct. Fox where I was at. So I fortunately did not get to watch the disaster that was down in the desert in the desert. That's the disaster fair. in the desert. I guess that's what we can call it. Is is that's when the Cowboys very... hold up the Lombardi. That's what inspired this run. Is the disaster in the desert? I that like the a... spin zone I just did, dude. That is a very nine to <laughs> noon. Um, Paul Allen mm-hmm. analogy right there. The disaster in the desert. Um, so well, well done, Dylan. Um, I didn't know you had it in you, but I'm proud. of Thank you. you. I'm proud. of Thank you. you. Thank you. So well, you know, sometimes, and I actually didn't. You know, most of my days are spent in a car where I'm driving or I'm in a cooler with just myself and my thoughts. So I have time to think about stuff like this, but I actually just came up with this one on the fly. So bully for me and good things ahead. Now, Good things ahead for you. We've, and hopefully Taylor and Travis, let's be honest. Yeah. America yeah, needs that. Yeah. Positive, positive vibes only on that one. Positive vibes only. And we, um, let's, uh, let's get into our, our, our week three recap here. Surprise, disappointing, told you so, whether it be, Unit or team can be either one. Yeah, Ethan, but so I, I kind of started. I kind of started something last week where instead of bashing a whole team or praising a whole team, if let's say the Chiefs' defense carried them in Jacksonville, okay, I shouted out a specific unit. Gotcha. So you have that opportunity now if you if you would like. And some of it, and, and it worked out. It's it it was a great great audible by you, Grant, because. Especially because you can only have so many teams where you were out on before you run out because you don't want to have all of them, you know, back to back to back because then it's just like stealing candy from a baby. The Bears we could have every week as our told you so team because it's just that that easy. We told you about the Bears. It's a Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And now everybody's finally seeing it. But. You know, as always, I, I'm still working on getting the uh, the mini helmets here, so we're still well, with the, uh, the paper. I was going to do some rock, paper, scissors. No, it's too delayed. And Okay, okay. I, I so, like the idea, but also with three, it's kind of tough because what if we – well, I mean, if two people did paper and one person did scissors, then it would be yeah, easy. they win. You know, we're going to George yeah, Kittle yeah. it looking right at the yeah. camera. So – the first, uh, with the uh, the first pick in episode ninety seven of the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast, the first the first pick is. Yeah, Grant. <laughs> yeah, victory is All mine. Right. We got Grant going first. That's the second time in three weeks. Going to is. Hey. Ethan, and then I, I suppose that makes didn't me Ethan go second last time. Also, nope, I went last last time. I did. I oh, was okay. second. That's he right. was last. That's right. Yeah. So, so Jeez. Grant, this is good for you because you, uh, you have, um, you both times Ethan has been on the podcast the last, uh, the last two times since we've done this, you mm-hmm. have gotten the first pick. Uh-huh. So, I tell you what, I'm feeling. Who is good. your surprising team or unit? My surprising week, team or we, unit. Two, well, three. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go with this with a team, and it's kind of because they played bad, and I expected more from them. The Washington Commanders. Oh. You know, this week I I really liked the way they were playing weeks one and two. The enemy had that offense humming. Um, Sam Howell wasn't making a whole lot of mistakes. 
that front four was getting after it and the secondary was playing better after they kind of retooled that this year. And boy, they just laid an egg on Sunday. And, you know, I wasn't able to watch the game because of course I was out of market, but I was looking at the box score and the stats today, you know, going into the fourth quarter, they were only down 16, zero. I know it seems like a lot, but it's a two possession game. And the whole game, they, they were averaging 8.1 yards per carry. Um, and Sam Howell threw it over 30 times. He got sacked nine times. He had four interceptions. I feel like Biennemi got a little too Andy Reid in him. Uh, and saw he was trailing against Buffalo. He had to throw it um, a lot more. Got his quarterback almost killed. If you get sacked nine times in this league, you're not going to make it past week eight. Um, you know, like I said, they, they were running the ball really well, seven yards of carry. I feel like they could have slowed the game down a little bit, maybe after a couple early interceptions, maybe just, like I said, slow it down for Sam Howell and only his fourth career start. Um, and you think with a new owner, they're 2-0, and they're feeling good. They got the Bills at home. D.C.'s a football town. They're going to get after it, and they just came out flat and laid an egg. Uh, I will also take a team. Um, I'm going the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, a good pick here. All right. Mm-hmm. A, good, a good surprise. Uh, go on the road, beat Baltimore. Uh, backup quarterback. You still don't have Jonathan Taylor. Um, you only threw your average pass was four yards. Yikes. 3.8 was their average uh, average pass. Um, but you forced two turnovers. You didn't turn it over. Gardner Minshew uh, played a clean slate and uh, they won the game. I mean, that's not easy to do in Baltimore. They held. Lamar, for the most part, passing his legs kind of hurt him a little bit. I think that's how they kind of average five yards a carry. But uh, no, overall, pretty damn good win for the Colts, who are now surprisingly two and one. Yeah, they are they they are two they and are. one. That's right because they, they won game mm-hmm. week one and they Anthony Richardson coming back. I sound that Jonathan Gannon offense and Shane Steichen. Shane just, Steichen. I watched, or Shane Steichen. Excuse me. Yeah. It looks like it's carried over and you're seeing a little bit of a <coughs> hangover from the Eagles where they you can tell that they miss Shane Steichen and their their play calling. It's just not quite in tune yet. Granted the Eagles are three and oh, but you know, the NFL always has uh is gonna try to favor the Eagles since they've got America one of America's sweethearts on the team. So they're gonna give them easy schedule to start the season, and that's why they're three and oh. But but I and, and when Anthony Richardson's been in the game, the Colts the Colts look good right now. They well they they are leading the AFC South, and right now you could probably just judging by how they've played, they are the they are the favorite in the favorite in the AFC South at this moment. Now that's subject to change. It's a long season, but as of now, the Colts are setting themselves up in a nice position. Well, and uh, my, for me, hold on, you say something. My selfishness for fantasy football is really hoping they trade Jonathan Taylor and then Zach Moss continues to eat. So then I have two more studs at running back. I like it. There you go. But there also, you go. their kicker made five 50 yarders in the rain. I didn't some, see that. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was, I think it's the first game ever where some a kicker made five 50 you? yarders. No. no. Uh, it, I think it's Matt Gay. He's still, wasn't he a punter? Uh, maybe it wasn't, but it's not Blankenship. But yeah, first game ever, Ethan, where wow. five fifty yarders and did not miss one. That's crazy. Yeah, it's like whoa. 
Yeah, it is Matt Gay. Okay, Matt Gay. Yep, it is Matt Gay. Okay. Uh huh. So, yes, and to me, and I'm going back to back here with uh, surprise and too disappointing, but my surprise team is the uh, the mistake by the lake, the Cleveland Browns. I thought after last week, I thought the Titans, after a poor showing in week one, the Titans rebounded in week two, getting a win over the Chargers. I thought that Tannehill looked good. I thought he was going to utilize that. The weather was going to be really crappy, which fed into the Titans game plan of giving Derrick Henry the ball a lot. But Jim's, Jim Schwartz's defense said, nah, he's going to, they're going to hold him to 94 yards. Miles Garrett's going to have three and a half sacks who might be playing at a defensive player of the year level. Did you guys see where they were moving him all over the field and they had two tight ends following mm-hmm. him around. He was mm-hmm. impacting that game that much. The Browns are two and one. Deshaun Watson is still not what he was pre-controversy. But when you have a defense like that, just don't lose the game. Oh, for sure. I mean, he tried by throwing it 20 yards backwards, but it didn't come back to bite him. (laughs) But who doesn't try that at least once, right? Yeah. Well, Marcus Mariota tried that last year, and he didn't play after that. So... (laughs) (laughs) This is true. And... Now let's go over to the disappointing team, my disappointing team of the week. And there's part of me that wants to say the Cowboys, but without three three of their offensive linemen, Trevon Diggs getting out, I'm I think this is just a mirage. That game is a mirage. It's in the past. It was a disaster, but they're going to learn from it. They're going to get better. They were looking ahead, I think. But my disappointing team was Grant's surprise team was the uh, Washington Commanders. Sam Howell at four INTs. We talked about this last week, Grant, you and I, of the the Eric Bieniemy, Ken Wizen, Wizen Hunt, ma- or uh, Sean, McDermott Sean McDermott matchup. They kind of they kind of look alike, so that's why I said Ken Wizen Hunt. But but uh, Sean McDermott won that one. He got home with the pass rush, uh, forcing Sam Howell to get rid of it before he wanted to. They weren't able to run the ball, and all of a sudden the Bills look like the old Bills at this moment. I was going to go commanders. Um, I, I like a cowboy pick, but I feel like that's just kind of too easy. Too easy. <laughs> too easy. Um, but uh, we're going to stay north. We're going to the Vikings. Uh, I thought this was their worst game so far this year, which says a lot after they lost to Tampa. Probably should have beat the Eagles if JJ doesn't fumble at the goal line. But just mm-hmm. all together, I thought this was probably their worst game, um, whether you, you use the clock management at the end, whether that's on KOC or Kirk. Uh, again, the fumbling issue, uh, defense can't even catch a ball. Like you let them score a touchdown off an easy interception. And then the top of the cake, Hawkinson drops it. And it, like it literally the game winning play for an interception. So just so mm-hmm. many stupid mental mistakes by that team on Sunday. It was, I'd say easily the worst, maybe even the worst game of KOC's career at Minnesota so far. Well, guys, even in, like, the whole game, like, Keenan Allen for 14 catches, why are we not double-teaming him? Mm-hmm. Uh, this um, is mind-boggling. Flores keeps bringing pressure up the middle, so the charge is just, like, slant, slant, slant. It's like, you got to change it up if it's not mm-hmm. working. You know, once, <laughs> so that's – oh, that makes total sense, Ethan. And, guys, I'm not going to lie. Uh, last round, I, I mixed up. I started with my – I used the commanders for my disappointing <laughs> team. 
So I'm going to go back. Grant. <laughs> I'm going to go back to my surprise team, which should have been last one. We're going to be on the winning uh, winning side here. Houston Texans. Excellent pick. Yes, that um, one that makes a little bit more offenses. sense. I was very confused by it. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. Why would the Commanders be a surprise team? But you know what? I'm 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 just gonna I'm gonna be. I'm going to be like the uh, like Russell Wilson's agent and just I'm just going to let you cook. So, yes, disappointing <laughs> team. Commanders, surprise team, Houston Texans. You know, when I look at CJ Stroud, his third start um, in the NFL, he looked lost in the preseason. Well, this week he was 20 to 30, 280 yards. That's 9.3 yards an attempt. Uh, their defense, you know, sure, they didn't get they didn't get any sacks, but they only let Jacksonville get 17 points. And without their two starting tackles, this many sacks against Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen, zero. Um, I'm not saying Houston's going to win a bunch of games this year, but I think they're going to be a young up and coming team. That's going to ruin some people's seasons like Detroit did a couple of years ago. And D'Amico Ryans has that team cooking. Um, you know, people clowned him because there was that report before the draft was CJ wasn't smart enough. He's not the guy. Why do you trade up for Will Anderson Jr. Uh, when he's only going to be an eight-sack eight, eight sack person kind of gay in, the, in this league? Well, he blocked the field goal on Saturday. And of all these rookie quarterbacks, CJ's had the best month by far. It's not even close. Um, so he, he, He's already better than the guy that graduated before him. Yeah. Field. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No oh, yeah. yeah and who he said he wasn't – he the Bears shouldn't take him if they still had the first pick because that was his teammate. That was his guy. Well, wrong as of right now. Um, you know, Tank Dell had, had a, had a big game. And then it was cool seeing the fullback muff the kickoff and take that back to the house. He yep. just, he just didn't give up on the play there. So yeah, I'll, my surprise team, I'm, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans this week. It's good choice. It's been, it was a, it was a good weekend for the Buckeyes. I will say that. Mm-hmm. But have uh, back to you, Ethan. Here, quick is have they said what what uh, the di- diagnosis of Justin Jefferson was? Because he went down late in that cramps. game. Now it was cramps. It was just yeah, cramps. Oh, yeah. oh man. They were... worse. Yeah, because I was I was, I was actually I was golf- fearing the worst. Yeah, I I think everybody was and watching it. We I had red zone on and I was kind of wa- it was jumping around, but it shows him down and it looked like it was a non-contact injury. Luckily, thankfully. That's all it was was cramps, and he'll be back this week. It sounds like he came back but, late. Uh, he came back. He, he came back the next play. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even see that. And then Dylan, the play after that, Hawkinson went down, but then they both came out after that. Oh, but oh, then gotcha. uh, apparently the Vikings they had a five-yard penalty because they were out of timeouts when both Jefferson and Hawkinson got hurt. So and stupid. This catch this NFL rule, Dylan. I've never heard of until Sunday, where apparently if you have Two injuries on like back-to-back plays, they consider that with no timeouts in the last two minutes, they consider that your fourth and fifth timeout. So it's a five-yard penalty. So stupid. Oh, really? It's not a. Yeah. It's not a ten-second. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. No. I was so confused. And that referee, he said it with his chest out. He was confident as all hell, like he and he what he was talking about. And PA and Bursets were just like, in our twenty-nine years within the NFL or the Vikings media, we've never heard this before. Like, I guarantee you that that's probably been called less than five times in NFL history. The first oh, time, it has to be. Oh, easily. That's the first time I've ever heard of it. Yeah. And that has to be something that only happens to the Vikings. 
Dan can yeah. add this to his calamity calendar. That's, that's another uh, another one. Well. <laughs> yeah. And told you so. Yeah, I think yeah. Back back to me, right? Since yeah, quarter. the grant for the uh, told you so my, my team you unit so. of the week. My I told you so um, team of the week is the the Tennessee Titans. Um, coming into this year, I was Ooh. not strong on them. I I know Tannehill can't play anymore. Besides D Hop. They have no weapons. Their offensive line is porous. Um, Derrick Henry had 20 yards rushing. When you have 20 yards rushing for that team, it's a guaranteed loss. You know, Tannehill, uh, I wrote it down. What did he, he went 15 to 24 for 104 yards. 4.2 that is yards a Josh the, Rosen stat line right there. That is a Josh Rosen stat line, and, but still <laughs> somewhat. A, that might be a new segment we should do with quarterbacks is the Josh Rosen stat line of the week. Um, but you know what? It's still better than what the Iowa Hawkeyes produce. So I'm not going to talk true. about quarterback play there. <laughs> you know, uh, it's also interesting to me about the Titans. Uh, Spears or whatever his name is had over double the snaps than yeah. Derrick Henry, but only had four carries. Yeah. So like, had, what the hell? Yeah, and then also he had negative receiving yards. I yeah, I don't know if he had I a couple screen passes it. that went awry, but yeah, their third it round pick no got his two lane. I, I don't think they know what they're doing with them mm-hmm. and. You know, they they let some older pieces on their defense go. You give up 27 points in the rain to a Cleveland team who looked lost. I thought without Nick Chubb, they were going to be lost forever. Um, yeah, the Titans, they're just they're just kind of flat. And like I said, I just I don't trust them, guys. And Tannehill's not the answer. You have Malik Willis um, and then Will Levis. What are they going to do there? No skilled players outside of D-Hop. I think it's going to be a tough year in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's me now. Whoops. Yeah, you, yeah. Um, sorry, I, was someone, I was watching part of the Twins game. Uh, told you so. Uh, Bengals. I said before the year they're gonna they're gonna sneak into the playoffs, but it won't be pretty. Exactly what we're seeing so far. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow still kind of shaking out that calf a little bit, maybe a little questioning whether he should probably even be playing. But uh, just in general, their offense is not looking good. Uh, defense is saving them right now. But I think eventually, yes, they will get it together a little bit. But Right now, I feel like they have a little bit of that hangover coming off the AFC Championship game. Burrow gets hurt. They have just a couple things going against them, but I think they will pick it up here in the next couple weeks. Well, and Ethan, to your point, I looked up the Bengals' schedule today. Their first real opponent, I believe it's October 29th or 28th when they play the Niners. Mm -hmm. They don't play anyone before that. Shut Burrow down for a couple of weeks, and they proved when they won the the AFC Championship two years ago, you just got to get in the dance. Mm-hmm. And they can win on the road because when you got Burrow on the sideline, massaging it every single second, he just he looks at a sink. I mean, they finally got Jamar Chase going, but I'd I'd almost rather sit him for maybe two to three games than lose him for eight. That's one other thing about them; they can never seem to get both Higgins and Chase going in the same game, which is so weird to me. It's mm-hmm. either it's either one goes it's, off, yeah, it's or one, it's one or the other, or vice versa. It's never the same. Yeah. Do you think in, you think in a weird way, um, is who's our Mike Brown or Paul Brown? Do you think he's sand, he's telling them to sandbag Higgins so they can try to keep him cheap? Yeah, this I year, don't know. since they know he's a free I agent. Would not put it, I would not put it past Mike Brown. No I, one I, I, who has a reputation as one of the cheapest owners in the NFL. You it's 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 not a you can't you can't deny it, but you also can't dis, dismiss it either. Mm-hmm. 
And and with the the Bengals, their O line has really, really, really struggled as well, too. Which when you have an injured quarterback is not not a not a good recipe. Which is again, I think especially after you just signed the richest year. contract in the NFL. You know, and sometimes guys, this I get upset with myself because I always say, you know, hey, you win inside and out, inside and out. And I said that was my one uh, beef I had with the Bengals this year. And then I go off and I predict them to win the division and Joe Burrow to be MVP. Like, why do I talk out of both sides of my mouth? Or is it just some unconscious thing I have for the Bengals where I tried to do, like, reverse psychology? Can anyone answer that? Probably more than reverse psychology. You're just getting lucky while doing it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And the other part, too, is is the AFC North is going to be a division that's going to beat each other up really a lot. So, I mean – I wouldn't be shocked if it's if if the team that wins it is is ten and seven, ten and seven, eleven and six, division. nine and nine and eight. I, I it, it's gonna be an absolute slobber knocker of a division to as the uh, as the season rolls you rolls know, on and call me crazy um, guys and with, we get into December and January with the way the rest of the AFC looks at the current moment, which is not good. You could get two to three AFC North teams in there. Cause they're all yeah. going to be around, like you said, Dylan, that nine and eight to 11 and six mark. And even though they're going to beat the hell out of each other, they might all sneak in. Yeah, that would be, that would be the first time all, all four uh, teams from a division sneak mm-hmm. into the uh, sneak into the playoffs. And let's, uh, let's table the co- or the NFL talk and go down to the college ranks as we recap. Called, well, Dylan, uh, did week you give, four in co- Dylan, did you give yourself. your last team? Oh, yeah, you're right. It's I did not Cowboys. give my team. We all knew they were frauds. No, no you you zip it there, or I'll zip it for you. I'd like to see you there, try. Buddy. It's pretty hard to do from 800 or 700 miles away. Oh, is it, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I have that power. So my, my told-you-so unit... Is is the Jets' offensive line now? Aaron Rodgers goes down four four snaps into the season. It was a question mark coming into the year. Was the Jets' offensive line and Aaron Rodgers getting hurt? Yes, it was unfortunate that it happened four snaps in, but it wasn't a matter of if Aaron Rodgers was going to get hurt by the Jets' offensive line. It was a matter of when. And right now, they cannot protect anybody. And they're a disaster. They keep rotating guys. There's no continuity. Mikai Becton is a bust. Dwayne Brown is old. He's on IR. And it's and and he's on IR. Mm-hmm. And it's still- just not looking good. Zach Wilson is not a good quarterback either. But the it also doesn't help when the guy is running for his life and he has to do a double spin move to try to get out of it. Well, and that team, guys, is about to implode. Mm-hmm. Because you have one good skill player last year in Garrett Wilson, and then you bring in, you know, my guy, McCole Hardman, who had a great first two years in Kansas City and kind of tailed off after that. So maybe you could say that was the Andy Reid effect while he got him the ball. Alan Lazard, I don't, I've never thought much of him at Green Bay, and you bring in old washed-up Randall Cobb. That's not going to help you out. Then you bring on Dalvin Cook coming off shoulder surgery. Um, Brees Hall coming off an ACL tear. 
kind of just a recipe for disaster. And well, like not even not even Dalvin's shoulder injury. Like his advanced metrics last year were awful. Mm-hmm. Like people don't like they see the name, but they did not look at the stats. Well, yeah, they're looking at 2019 Dalvin Cook, not mm-hmm. 2022. And after playing three years at Florida State and six years in the NFL, you're going to slow down. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a stat this morning, guys. They only have, like, from their week one start offensive line to, I think, now coming into week four, one person playing in the same position, and it's McGovern, the center. The right tackle is now at left tackle. The right guard is now at right guard. The right guard went to left guard, and I think they have a new right guard. Or it's something just goofy like that where it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, jigsaw puzzle. Oh, ex- exactly. <laughs> and at some point, like I said, that team is going to implode, and Robert Sala is going to lose his job. And, well, Joe Douglas is no one – and uh, the uh, Woody Johnson, no one has a uh, – they aren't afraid to uh, to fire guys. They have kind of a uh, a, a short leash. For those uh, those two positions, and yeah, they could be looking for a new new head coach, new GM. Well, and how and, and like Ethan and I were talking about this on Monday. How screwed are the Jets, man? They don't have a second round pick next year. If you want to try to get a new quarterback, no team is gonna. They're gonna ask for a first rounder. You have they're, zero leverage. They're not gonna Jets give that. So zero. you're gonna have a 41 year old quarterback coming off an ACL tear. Achilles. Achilles. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, you can't possibly draft someone in the first round they're screwed i mean they are going to be bottom sellers in the afc east for the next five years and fans are going to continue to lose their fake teeth during games and romo that's gonna be the best part of romo's job (laughs) (laughs) commenting on fans losing their teeth what if this is setting up for where the the jets they they end up cutting bait with (laughs) Cutting bait with Salah, they cut bait with Joe Joe Douglas, and what if this sets up for a trade where the Jets trade Aaron Rodgers to the Vikings and very Brett Favre esque zero to it? <laughs> so hold up, hold up. So the Vikings are going to not only get older at the quarterback position, they're going to also get someone coming out coming off a ruptured Achilles. Yes. Perfect. Makes all the sense in the world to me by the yep. laws of the internet. And frankly, anyone who has a brain who works at ESPN thinks that way. So it must be true. Well, I don't know if you work at ESPN. I don't know how much of a brain you have. If you've That's, heard some that, of the, uh, that was, that was some, my, some of that the, was my, some of that the was talk my shows. And that is, that actually is the perfect segue to get into our, down to our college college football week four recap our college football team of the week and mine is the Oregon Ducks who just had to handle deal with the disrespect that Colorado shows up they're stomping on the O they're talking all this talking all this smack about how they're going to dominate they look small they're going to run through them and in reality they showed that there's some substance in the Oregon team where there isn't this Colorado team's fighting for clicks. Oregon went out and fought for wins. That game was over from the first play of the game and brings back down to life the Deion Sanders experiment at Colorado. Everything that we have said on this podcast about Colorado, they've got some nice skill guys. They have nobody who can protect them. I went to a, 
clinic to a coaching clinic down in Denver where they had the Colorado offensive line coach. And he told a room full of high school coaches that, that he had three guys on, on the roster that could bench over 300 pounds. You're, and you could call the Pac-12 a little bit of a fairy league or a soft league, but I guarantee you at USC, Washington, Utah, Cal, well, not, not really Cal, Utah, Utah, Oregon, Oregon State, Oregon Washington State. State, all those, they got linemen that can bench 300 pounds. There's some football dudes. And now Dion, he's, it was the most watched game in college football. He out, outranked, which was a incredible game in Ohio State Notre Dame. And but the expectations are brought down finally and calling it for what it is is that this is a at most a seven win team. And if that's if if they can get to seven wins, that's great success. But Dion has to find a way to improve his offensive and defensive lines, which I don't know if he can because they brought in and, and people talk about this Colorado team, how they won one game. This is not the team from Colorado team that was there last year. They have 69 new scholarship players. They are turned over an entire new team. Now the you're we're really going to see how good of a coach Dion is because the one-time transfer rule is done. All those guys he brought in, they're stuck at Colorado or they're going to have to sit out a year. And how, how is he going to be able to handle that? And you go look at the recruiting link rankings, Colorado is 75th nationally in the, in the recruiting rankings at the moment. And now that, that obviously can change, but you, you aren't going to compete when you are in towards the bottom half of the recruiting rankings. Well, and then also now we're going to find out what his strength and conditioning staff and what his offensive line coach and defensive line coach are in the coming years. Because like you said, Dylan, we all saw this coming. You can get all the skilled players you want this offseason with the one-time transfer rule. But <clears throat> can you get those big boys up front? And why, if I'm a big big boy, would I want to go to Colorado? Yes, Dion, he's a huge personality. He might. He be, didn't even know his greatest. center's name. Yeah, that, that's, that's unacceptable. And he can be you know, the greatest corner of all time. But how is Coach Prime and his staff now going to get me into the NFL? Because guess what? If I go to Texas, if I go to Michigan, if I go to Notre Dame, if I go play defense for Oregon and Dan Lanning, guess what? There's a chance I can make it in the NFL. If I'm a front seven player and offensive lineman, how is Dion's coaching staff going to do that for me? And he's got all the, the fancy chains, the sunglasses, and all this. That doesn't excite an offensive lineman. That 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 excites the skill players all these rappers all, all offensive linemen want to do is they want to go do their job they want to go eat a bunch of food go get in the weight room get stronger recover and go home and do it all over again they're not that, driving the, they're not driving $500,000 Rolls Royces through Boulder no they're driving they're driving a Chevy, a Chevy 1500 Silverado So I think my favorite thing was just how many people on Twitter saying, oh, this would have been a different game if Travis Hunter played. No. He ain't worth his kidney ain't <laughs> worth 40 points. Sorry, it's just not gonna happen. Well, and like you said, Ethan, I didn't know Travis Hunter could block defensive linemen. I didn't no. know Travis Hunter could stop Oregon's running game. Like just shut up. Like I you mean, got your ass kicked. And even even then when he was in there against Colorado State, they struggled against them. 
Well, and going back to that Colorado State game, yes, he took a vicious shot. But we've seen shots like that before. Like, I don't think – I think he had – there were – that though the – the it was, a, what, a lacerated kidney? Literally. That was brewing long before. When you play 100 snaps back-to-back weeks and you're take, the your body's taking those hits – in the altitude. You, you're, you're, the dam's going to break at some point. Mm-hmm. And let's just say what it is. Like, I'm not saying the guy deserved the hit, like getting hit like that, like that late. But when you talk as much shit as you do, you're going to get hit. Whether you want to or not, people will headhunt you. And that happened. And, and Travis Hunter, was, didn't, he was, he's probably been the most mature about that whole, that whole thing, too. He's like, oh, yeah. It's football. We get hit. That, that, it's what we do. Mm hmm. Well, and then also, you know, Ethan, you're spot on. And I understand, um, you know, putting the D on someone's chest and an L for leader and dog. Football people don't want that. Football people are old traditionalists. They want to stick to how the game should be played in that, that aspect. And when you're walking around talking the way you're talking, having a D on your chest saying that, oh, yeah, hey, I'm a dog. I'm here doing this. And, you know, you're sliding a team in Colorado State. And people, and then, like you said, Dylan, you go in, you have, you made it personal when Colorado stepped on your logo, but then you can go and you can step on Oregon's logo. The hypocrisy speaks for itself. Um, And don't be surprised when you get your ass kicked. And, you know, Dion, you shouldn't be surprised now that people are going to make this personal and they're going to make it about whooping your ass. And that's what the rest of the Pac-12 is going to do to this, this team this year. Um, it, it's, and they, they it's are get a deep ugly. team too, because as, as the season wears on, they're they're really if you go look at, there's not an easy win. I mean, you could make an argue maybe with Stanford, but Stanford, Arizona's a good team. I would say Stanford and Arizona State. Those yeah, and Cal, probably Cal, but still at that point, Cal can still put up points. That they can, but but. But you know, still, we, it's still like about, I mean, when you're depleted, when your roster's depleted with injuries, you, it's it's hard to win games. You still need some talent. And when you can't keep your quarterback up, right? It's only a matter of time before his son gets hurt back there at quarterback, and it, it could be mm-hmm. just a, an AC AC joint sprain. Um, still, that's two weeks. This Colorado team can't afford losing him for two weeks. Yep. I mean, we, you know, Dylan, you talk about the Pac-12 and ferry this, ferry that. Well, they're they're the deepest conference in college football. Mm-hmm. They are. They're, they're this the year, they they are the deepest conference in the. You you, you can't but, argue. You know that that West Coast, the the West Coast, you know the the reputation of kind of being some cream puffs, some softies. It it's there, but I we've talked enough about Colorado, and I I'm, I'm interested to hear who your guys' week four teams of the week are. So Ethan, fire away. Um, well, I'm going to go with one of my college football, uh, playoff teams. I'm going Florida state. Um, Dylan, we talked about this on the, on the, on like the preview of the whole year, but you pick Clemson. I picked Florida state tonight kind of dictated who's got the driver's seat or this weekend did Florida state went on the road and beat them late touchdown to tie it overtime win, like incredible win for Norvell, like what he's done so far this year. I mean, you beat LSU, you beat Clemson in your first three games, like, or four games, I guess you're doing something right, and you're—they absolutely deserve a top four ranking right now. And if the what is it, two weeks until the playoffs come, 
first rankings already come out? wow uh, well no i think it's more november guys i think <laughs> Is it's it november okay i think I we got about another month before. yeah yeah even then they absolutely are in the conversation for a three or four seed right now oh without question yeah no and ethan it's funny you mentioned that because that was my game of the week last week mm-hmm. and i told dylan i said hey you know what is this the same old florida state team or clemson has this conference on lockdown or can florida state take it back and say this is ours to lose and you know what? The and, and Clemson, Clemson, I was going to say, is after that loss to Duke, is they've kind of just completely just dominated dominated mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. every team they played. And they absolute boneheaded play call by Garrett Riley on third and third and inches where they, they have the first down if they just give it to uh, Shipley, but they decide to throw the screen and they lose two yards. And then they try to throw the ball again and then it falls incomplete. Um, yeah, it's you know not it's a new a new Florida State team and for Clemson the year's over. I mean, two losses, you're done. They're done. Yeah, they're two they're conference done. losses. Two conference losses. At that. So I know we just spent some time talking about the Pac-12 conference. I'm going back. He's going to Utah. I'm not going to Utah. I'm going to mm-hmm. Pullman, Washington. I'm going with the hey. Ooh. That was one of my oh, that Cougs, was one of my uh, teams I had written down as well. So and I say it because. We're at the end of September, and I know, you know, Florida State, they got those two big wins. Washington State has two top 25, maybe top 20 wins this year, beating Wisconsin and Oregon State. And, you know, Washington State's kind of that forgotten team out there, and uh, Cam Ward is an absolute stud. I mean, it what the state of Washington has this year for college quarterbacks is, is almost not fair that um, – but yeah, Washington State, they just look real good. They've pretty much dominated Oregon State the whole time. And, uh, you know, they they kind of told the rest of the world, hey, don't forget about us. We belong in the Power Five with the whole – with the shifting and the conference realignment and everything like that. But for the Cougs, they get a big win. They should be a top 15 team, um, if you ask me, in the AP poll. So shout out to the Cougs for a big win last Saturday. Yep. Yeah, that was uh, that was an impressive win, and I, I you kind of hear some media guys. Uh, uh, Coach Jason Brown from uh, Last Chance U, the uh, the former Independence Community College head coach, said that Washington State should be talked about as a playoff team, uh, and that's be- mostly because of of a guy like Cam Ward and the Apple Cup. If it's uh, it's setting up to be uh, could be a play in game for the Pac-12 championship. Now, well, mm-hmm. long season to go. And it would be a total Washington State thing to where they lay an egg here in the coming weeks, but definitely a team to keep an eye on. And uh, with that, we got every week. We everybody got their their week four team of the week, right? I didn't. My brain isn't working too fast for my before nope. or faster than my mouth. Okay, we're good. So let's go back up to the NFL NFL for a little bit, and we've got our on deck. We have our week four games of the week now grant you just talked about washington state being your team of the week does your week nfl week four game of the week also involve a team from seattle not this week or washington i should say washington state not not this week okay um the way i introduced this game i am going here fellas how fox promotes their game america's game of the week patriots cowboys 
Um, I want to see how Dallas bounces back from just a weird game last week. Like you said, Dylan, some injuries. They just came out a little flat. Who knows? Maybe they were drinking the juice. You beat the hell out of your opponents 70 to 10 in the first or no. Um, was it 70 to 10 for the first two games or was that the Giants stat? I can't, I can't remember. I think it was the Cowboys. It yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it would have been. Yeah. 70 to 10. You're going in playing a lowly Arizona team. Joshua Dobbs being there for a little over a calendar month. You should beat the brakes off those guys. Well, they don't do it. Um, and the Patriots got a big win, you know, against the Jets on Sunday. They're sitting at one and two. And if you're the Patriots, you can't go down to one and three. You just you just can't do it with a tough schedule coming your way. And I think Dallas needs to rebound. But facing a tough Patriots, a tough Patriots defense, they're going to try to stop the run and make Dak beat them. Um, and then I'm intrigued to see if Dallas can get this defense going back going against this Patriots offense this year that doesn't have a lot of substance to it. So the Patriots win. Both teams are two and two. If Dallas wins, they're three and one. The Patriots are one and three. And the Cowboys can kind of say, hmm, it's the NFL. Week three was a fluke. We ended quarter one at three and one. If we can go three and one, you know, in every single quarter this year, I know with the 17th game, it's a weird number, but 13 and four. It's going to put you in a damn good spot at the end of the year. So if Dallas wants to be on pace for that, they got to win on Sunday. Well, and they're going to have to because of because the Eagles, they, they're playing the commanders at home, which mm-hmm. I think that is going to be a, a win. The Eagles are going to go to 4-0. and And you don't mm-hmm. want to say er, this early in the season that this is a must-win game for the Cowboys, but this is almost a must-win game because the next week, the 49er, they have the 40, they go to San Francisco for Sunday night football against the 49ers, mm-hmm. which is going to be a tough play. It's been the, a nemesis for the Cowboys these last two years. And the the Cowboys on paper are a much more talented team than the Patriots. And they got to, I expect them to bounce back and get a win against the Patriots, which is never easy. Is that one in Dallas or is it in Foxborough? It's in Dallas. It's in Dallas. Yep. Zeke is going to be making his return home or coming back for this game. Dallas may be switching their hand signals. It doesn't seem like much, but to me, that can be a bit of an overreaction. And then also in this aspect, maybe Dak does something to um, CD or Brandon Cooks on the outside, and there's a miscommunication because they changed it up. And that Patriots secondary is flying around and a potential pick six could change this game. So could be nothing. Could be something. We'll see. I'm yeah. uh, I'm staying up here in the north for mine. Um, about five hours from here. We're going to tomorrow night. We're going Lions versus Packers down at Lambeau. Mm-hmm. Um, really, this whoever wins this game has, as of right now, complete control of the division. You essentially have at least a two-game lead on every single team. Uh I don't know. I just if if the Lions want to actually do this thing, they need to win this game. Simple as that. You've done the talk all the offseason. You've been the hype, media hype. You beat the Chiefs. You you kind of lay an egg at home versus Seattle, and then you come back and beat Falcons. Now do it again on the road. First one was honestly, if you ask me, fluke. You you weren't going to beat Chiefs at, at full full strength. I think that was very obvious. Um, can you beat the Packers? Can you beat Jordan Love? I think the Packers are going to come out on fire. Off that big 18-point fourth quarter, Jordan Love made play after play. I think the Packers roll, but I think it's going to be an incredible game. Well, and then also they got Christian Watson coming back too. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Jones. 
and Aaron Jones. They're going to be humming. Well, and Ethan, you know, you're spotted not to make this a Chiefs take, but the team, that Chiefs team that played last Sunday against the Bears, they beat the Lions 31-10 to 10 Easy. in week, in week Easy. one. Easy. They uh-huh. just absolutely destroy those guys. Oh, yeah. And me. We have guys that can catch a ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And for me, I'm going to go to I think this is the probably the game of the week if you game of the week in the NFL if you uh take a look at uh take a look at the games. I'm going to go up to the uh, to the state of New York. I'm going to Buffalo where the Dolphins take on the Bills. And the high-flying Dolphins offense is going to meet their first test. We talked Grant talked about the Dolphins being a team that is going to be their disappointing team this year because uh, that they did not improve their offensive line. So far, the offensive line has held up um, pretty well and uh, have has kept Tua on his feet. They're going to face a different animal in, in Sean McDermott and that Bills pass rush, see if they can make Tua uncomfortable, get him, get him off schedule, see what, see if they're, uh, they're able to, um, you know, those long, those long routes that the Chiefs like to run with Tyreek Hill to scheme them open. It's going to be a, a tough battle anytime you go into Buffalo. And it's a, it's a game that's going to put one team in the driver's seat after the first month of the season um, to, to win the division. And it, it's possible as of now that Miami and Buffalo could be playing outside of their other time where they go down to Miami where they could be playing in the playoffs. Miami wins this game. This puts them in the driver's seat. You would much rather be playing in Miami than going up to a cold Buffalo in January or February, depending on when the, when these two teams would meet. Well, and how crazy is the NFL guys? I know this is just Vegas and it's betting odds here, but the Dolphins put up 70 last week, three points away from an NFL record. They're on the road, on the road this week. They're two and a half point underdogs. Two and a half point underdogs, and the uh, the total for the mm-hmm. game is at fifty four. That's high for an NFL game. It is. It, it is. Could be that game though. If it's, it's that game, it's it, yeah. It could it's be that one. It could be. But that uh, that concludes our week, our week four preview in the NFL. And we'll be back next week to uh, to recap it. But before we uh, before we do that, we're going to go down to the college ranks. We're going to go to week five preview week five in the uh, in college and our our game of the weeks here. And it's a it's a, it wasn't as good as it was last week, but this is a very sneaky underrated slate of games here. There's some really good games that are that, that are going to be going on, and. I believe last week I had Notre Dame, Ohio State as my game of the week. And I'm going to stick with Notre Dame and where I'm going where game day is going to be. The first time ever game day travels to Duke where it is Notre Dame, Duke. It's going to be the battle of two potential first-round quarterbacks in Sam Hartman and Riley Leonard. And Duke is uh, they're playing well. They got off to a hot start by beating beating Clemson at home and Notre Dame, we're going to see how they bounce back in from a, a heartbreaking loss where they it felt like they controlled most of that game. They 
should have should have won if they had 11 players on the field in a critical critical time. But we're going to see if this is the same old Notre Dame or if we're going to see if Notre Dame comes and plays with their hair on fire and goes and plays like they are the be- plays like they are the better team and takes takes care of them. I was going to pick that one, but I'm going to go Oregon State Utah. Um, I know Ooh. Oregon State just came off of their loss versus Washington State, but I you got to think is it Reisner? Re, Sam Rising. Rising. I knew it was an R something. He's got to be coming back any any time. How Utah's that game is on Friday night too. Impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and Utah oh, needs yeah. him. Oh, they need him big time if they're they gonna, if they want to win this game. They need him like without a doubt. There's no ifs, ands, or buts on that. Like it has, he has to play. Otherwise, they are screwed. Rising and Reezer. Reezer, that's their backup's name. No, no, Rising, <sighs> Rising in Reezer, Reezer Stadium. That's what their uh, that's what the stadium's called. Interesting. Like the uh, the old the the macaroni and uh, potato salad. Potato salad company. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, let's just say, guys, I'm glad I have three games down because you two clowns took both of my uh, first two options. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Those are um, the ones I had down, so my yep, bad. So, uh, but I got a third one here, and uh, I got, I'm got i going to go LSU Ole Miss. Ooh, I had that one written down as I well. I saw Greg. that one, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, that and, one just, and then Texas, Kansas as well. And Washington, Arizona, I also had as a as a and, Pac-12 ooh, after no, dark I had game. Texas, Kansas written down. God damn it, I forgot and about that one. Ethan's team to win the Pac-12, <laughs> the Big yeah. 12 to start the year. But I – and for me, this game, it's more about, about Ole Miss than it is LSU. Because, like Dylan said, is this going to be the same old Notre Dame team? Well, is Ole Miss going to be able to come in and win this game? Or are they just going to be the same Ole Miss team who he's they got a fiery coach who fits in the SEC? You know, they got a good roster, but, you know, at the end of the day, they can only win eight games a year. Because if you lose back-to-back weeks um, against Alabama and LSU, I'm sorry, at some point, Ole Miss, you're going to lose two more games this year. And it's just going to be another, yeah, a so-so eight and four, maybe a nine, nine and three type season in Oxford, but it's not going to, it's not going to pan out too much. And, you know, if you're LSU, again, this is another opportunity to really just put the clamps down on this conference in this division and say, Hey, you know what? The only time that we lose is when someone beats us. And when I say, so I mean them because, you know, Florida state, you know, LSU, if they gave that game away in the first half and then you beat Arkansas last week, you beat the breaks off of Mississippi state, you can get another sec West win. You know, that's huge, you know, come November because you're going to need them. So, but again, this just, this just comes back to Ole Miss. Um, they, they need this because if not, they're just the same Ole Miss team. Yeah, talented 8-14, and 14, but come November, we're not thinking about them. Yep, and LSU, they, uh, they escaped narrowly against a Arkansas, which is just kind of, a, it just seems par for the course for a Brian Kelly coach team where it's, the highs are really high, and then they they find themselves in games where they have they are the superior talented team, and then they find themselves in it and find a way to pull it out. But it's it it's also just one of those things with LSU. It is I'm not going to be shocked if they win. I'm not going to be shocked if they lose. 
So that's our week week five college football recap here. And before we get to curveball of the week, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Taylor pop culture meets sports here. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, are they dating? Are they not dating? It's hard to say, but you know, Grant is our probably our resident czar of pop culture. He knows all things Taylor Swift. He knows all things Kardashians. He knows all things Britney Spears, all things Lindsay Lohan, all things I don't even know any more pop culture people. But that Grant is the guy to go to. And big TMZ told, guy. I, big TMZ guy. And TMZ. I, I texted you guys and said that be ready before we get to curveball of the week here. We, I have, I have a surprise for you guys. So, as I said, with the uh, the the the, uh, the emergence and the merging of Taylor Sw- of Swifties and NFL fans, we're gonna see how well you two know Taylor Swift trivia. Oh, and uh, the the loser has to buy some buy buy some buy uh buy the winner Chipotle or Chick Fil A or wherever you guys choose to eat. Is that a fair deal? Sure, sure. Here, okay, Ethan, there it imaginary is. Imaginary air shake on it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. There it yep. is. Oh, yeah, give, me, should, give me the turkey. <laughs> there it is. Figured it out. So, question one. I got five questions for you guys. Here, and they're, they're all multiple choice. I didn't. I, I'm not going to make you guys guess here. So, first question: How many houses does Taylor Swift own? A1, B3, C5, or D8? Oh, shit. You know, I was always always taught if you don't know, you guess C, so we're going with it. Okay. C was five. My original, if you had to guess, Dylan, where it wasn't multiple choice, I was going to say six. So five is below six, so I'll go D, eight. Oh, and Grant, you uh, you you guessed it correctly. It Ooh, is. Ah. It's you. Yeah. Eight houses though. Like what the hell? So hold on. One in New, probably it does like her condo in New York count. Yeah, yeah it, it, probably it's got probably like one eight, there. Eight properties. Probably I, one in. I looked one it in up. I can't remember, but she's got the one in Nashville and like one of those like really big penthouses where Kenny Chesney and Blake Shelton live. Oh, uh huh. So, uh, question two is. What was the name of Taylor Swift's first album? A, Taylor Swift, B, Our Song, C, Fearless, or D, Speak Now? Boy. I'm going to pretend I didn't see that collusion back there. <laughs> She's in the bedroom. I can't even see her. <laughs> I have Mr. Boone laying next to me, though. He's good. <laughs> I'll go A. Boone, why, Boone's helping. Who, why wouldn't you name your first album after yourself? You know, I'm pretty confident I know this one, too, because I think I talked to Olivia about this last week. I think it's A, Taylor Swift. Both of you are correct. So hey, it is Grant 2, Ethan yeah. 1. So Ethan is on the board. <laughs> There's not going to be any shutout. And we're going to go on to question three yeah, here. we're not Liz. Iowa football. No, not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a good one, E. That is good. I like that one. You know, uh, boys, I'm one. I'm, we lost I'm, to the fucking nerds. I'm one week away from hitting the portal. I'm I'm so done with those assholes. Throw <laughs> <laughs> them in the portal for head coaches. 
All right. And so question three is, who did Taylor Swift write, we are never, ever getting back together about? A, Joe Jonas. B, Jake Gyllenhaal. C, Tom Hiddleston. Or D, John Mayer. I don't think it's A or B or A or, or A or D. I'll go B. All right. Is that Jake Gyllenhaal? Yes. All right, Dylan, to prove your point, when you asked this question, I initially in my brain thought, hmm, if it's an open-end question, I'll say Jake Gyllenhaal. So I'll go B. <laughs> You're going B as well. Yeah. And both of you are correct. So <laughs> it is three great. Ethan, lose. two. Now, you got, now Ethan's got to start picking opposites here so he has a shot. So he I can, picked first. What am I supposed to do? Hold on, I'll start going first. TV? I'll start going first. So, so you guys want to hear the backstory uh, of – of their 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 date is um Jake Gyllenhaal apparently spent 160k thousand dollars to fly Taylor out on a private jet only for him to break up with her over a text nice noise <laughs> so moving on to question 4 here what was the lead single on Taylor Swift's debut album a picture to burn b teardrops on my guitar C, Tim McGraw, or D, our song? Hmm. Can you say them again, Dylan? A, Picture to Burn. B, Teardrops on My Guitar. C, Tim McGraw, or D, our song? Uh, you know, I'm going to go B, what, Teardrops on My Guitar? I was going to pick that, uh, but now I can't. Um, so, uh... Screw it. Let's go see again. Stick with my stick with my gut. You know, Ethan always said when in doubt, pick C. This time it pays off. We hey. are tied. Same shit, different year. Let's Question go. to go. It is Tim okay. McGraw. Yep. Taylor Swift got to play with with uh, on stage or open for him or something when she was like 15 or 16 years old, and. Um, that she wrote this song when she was, I believe, twelve. When I was looking up these trivia questions last night, wow. so Jesus. So a a fun fact Friday on a Thursday recorded on a Wednesday. He there, got Friday. it. There it is. Nailed it. And with our final question here, we are gonna go with what is Taylor's favorite color? A blue, B black, C red. Or D, purple? Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, she's got the album called Red, but if you look at her, a lot of her costumes on stage or outfits, there's some purple. So I'm going to go with purple. I'm going to go All right. with half the time her lips. I swear to God, she dips them in blood before she oh, goes Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> oh. We're going Grant, you, you can change if you would like. I'm going to stick with purple because I know on one album cover, she's wearing that purple dress. Okay. And that is correct. So, Grant, you're, you're, you're a free meal. It is purple. Wow. Which is, which is, I'm very glad that it didn't end up in a tie because I didn't have any tiebreaker <laughs> questions. So, you know what? It worked out. We went to uh, dinner. Our, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, Grant could have bought Ethan. Ethan could have bought Grant. There, it, it, no, 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 no. You just bought both. Let's just, no, we both won. Oh. Okay. 
So since I got well, 80% I of these that. questions right, does that make me a Swifty? At least a four. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I would. I mean, you're 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 a from one to adult diaper. I would say you're about a six. Okay, that's fair. You Grant definitely, Ethan. Can I can totally see this with Grant where he totally just sings sings passionate Taylor Swift songs in the shower. I've actually heard that. I can confirm. (laughs) Someone once did ask me what my guilty pleasure song was, like the song where you don't want anyone to know that you enjoy it. And um, it was a Taylor Swift song. Hey. What what was the Taylor Swift song? Uh, Blank Space. Blank Space. That that is a great song. Just like what Greg Olson said on the broadcast. Similar to your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Jeez, that was harsh. That was good. Thank you. All right. Curveball. Thank you. And Ethan, floor is yours. Let's go to curveball of the week. After um, well, I mean, well, we've we've kind of just been all over the place where it's been me, then Grant, then back to me. So it's good to have you back. So yeah, we're back. You better uh, not disappoint us. No. So I've been playing a lot of uh, PGA Tour or PGA Two K Twenty Three. I'm probably the best player to ever play. I just uh, ended up my my. I just won the players' championship at 56 under. Um, so not terrible. I only won by four strokes. Um, but uh, what was your favorite game to play on either the PS4 or like the PS3, PS2, Xbox, whatever the hell you played growing up? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, favorite video game. That one, I that one's fairly easy. So if it, it's easily NCAA football, mm. for sure. There, and and we might have to throw it back to like the old the PS2 days. 05 and 06 were the first two that I got, and 05 I loved because it had those old throwback games where you could go back and kind of recreate history. Where you could go, you could do the. Uh, Oh, I'm trying to think of some of the games. Well, it was like the Hail, the Cordell Stewart Hail Mary, the oh. Miami, Miami, Ohio State Fiesta Bowl. Um, games like that. And then in 06, when they can't had the uh, the Heisman race, that one was always fun to play. I wish I still had my PS2 because there's part of me that wants to go back and try to play those games again because they were so much fun to play. But definitely, definitely NCAA football for me. <laughs> You know, guys, I'm gonna have to go to the uh, college years, and then just um, kind of pick a franchise here. But the Call of Duty franchise, um, me, Caleb, and you know Troy, my roommate, freshman year, playing Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 3 on the PS3. And then when Caleb and I got the Xbox, playing you know Black Ops 2, and all the games after that. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because today I sent a Facebook video. Uh, to Caleb that said uh, when you're on a job interview and it finds your old Xbox live chat and it's just it, the, <laughs> the, the amount how vile and disgusting misogynistic whatever you want anything else that was in those chats were and I, I kept I remember one day I recorded what Caleb and I said oh my god it would <laughs> I, I would I would be executed for with the stuff we said back then, <laughs> listening to it do you it. still have that by chance I think he might have it on his phone or his computer. He's actually going to be in town next week. I'll have to ask him. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I got to go with the Call of Duty franchise. Just kind of a lot of got us through a lot of long, cold winter days, and um, 
in North Dakota, and I think I came, you know, what got me through the game was my favorite phrase, we're spraying and praying, baby. Um, accuracy was low, <laughs> but we're just going to try to kill some people. <laughs> uh, I really want to say Ghost Recon. Uh, I absolutely loved sniping people at headquarters coming out of the alley, headshots for days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to go with MLB Slugfest. Nothing beat oh, beating out an infield triple, mm-hmm. lighting up the first baseman and stretching it into a triple. Like it was just <laughs> <horrible>. <laughs> You get fired, you catch the ball, you go beat the living hell out of the pitcher. Yeah, that was – who thought of that? I have no idea what drugs they were on, but what an incredible game. Well, yeah, Absolutely. Into, Which like, also you know, brings up a good – another good game, Ethan, were, were the NFL streets. Those yeah, games were those always so, fun those to play. Those were so hard. They were. They were like the uh, street two where you're able to climb the wall. Yeah, they were that freaking was hard. ridiculous. Or like, you know, guys also like when you're in seventh and eighth grade and you're like, oh, you know, your, your buddy just gets Grand Theft Auto and you're going around just being an absolute menace to society, <laughs> going along the street. Hey, these people are going to walk for a sidewalk. I'm going to run your ass over. Um, pick, up pick up a hooker. She invites you over. Can I get you a cup of coffee? We know where this is leading to. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just taking, taking a baseball bat to some random stranger, just being an absolute menace to society on Grand Theft Auto. Putting a cheat code in for a tank and just <laughs> not ever getting caught. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a game. Yeah. So it's got yeah, it's got to be those two. Yeah, and we we pretty much touched all the bases here. We touched pop culture. Yeah. We touched t- touched sports. We touched video games here. We we touched it all. This was another good episode here. We're the men of the people. Just things are rolling. Change our name to Touch It All. <laughs> touch them all just like the twins are doing right now as they are and we didn't even get to that so let's just conclude it here with the twins are division champions it was i i heard a stat today that they didn't there was only for like it was like five games where they weren't in control of the of the central so they dominated it from start to finish they got off to a good start they kind of had a little bit of a low point in the all-star break, but, you know, as the NDSU staying goes, start strong, finish stronger. They are finished stronger. There's going to be some, I don't know if questions about depending on some on health and availability of where they go with the offensive uh, with uh, Buxton, Royce Lewis, who could, potentially there could be some, some guys left off the uh, Royce is already roster. He'll be fine. But we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Go twins. Let's end this dreadful playoff losing streak and just mess around, win the whole thing. That's why we play the game, right? That is why we play the game. Why and we that, play that the wraps game. up episode 97 of the three guys talking ball podcast. We'll be back next week to recap review and preview of the, the week prior and the week coming up. So peace everybody. <laughs>